Hey guys, Katie here. If you've listened to this podcast for very long, you've probably heard me talk about the periods in my life where I struggled with really gripping fear and anxiety. And for a long time, I lived really ignorant of how fear was influencing my life. And unfortunately, it got to the point where uh, it was so bad that I just, I needed help. I needed to know how to get out of this. And so gaining revelation on the topic of fear really helped me to realize my power in this area and how I could literally change my life by working with the, the God-designed tools and design that He's put inside of me. So I want to invite you uh, to take our e-course on this topic that's called Powerful Life Without Fear, and it's taught by one of our Life Exchange co-hosts, Dr. Melody Hilton. This class is so impactful because it takes a holistic approach at identifying, disarming, and combating fears so that you can be powerful in defeating this giant that loves to appear so big in our lives. So I encourage you to check out the Powerful Life Without Fear class at classes.givinglight.org. And because we love our listeners, uh, we're offering a 20% off discount for you if you use the code LIFEEXCHANGE at checkout. So again, that's classes.givinglight.org. And if you use the code LIFEEXCHANGE, you'll get 20% off this class or any of the classes that you find there. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And we are back with some more listener questions for you. Our last episode ran long, so we split it up. So we'll see. And so these questions are more serious, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, a little more serious, but, um, and I always think we're not going to have enough content and we always do. So I don't know why I still Well, whenever we say, oh, these won't take that long, yeah. 45 minutes later. <laughs> All right. Well, are we ready? Are yeah. we getting right into it? Ready I to mean, roll. Now that we're in the swing of things, <laughs> you know, we're ready to get right into it. All right. Well, question number one, uh, how do I live authentically with the people in my life when it is hard to let them know the real me? Oh, I hope you want me to answer uh, for thinking, Will I leave this long pause <laughs> in here or... Um, uh, yeah, I was waiting to see if somebody else was going to talk because uh, this this question is it made my heart kind of hurt for that individual um, because there is obviously uh, an uncomfortability to be who you really are, and so I I recognize that there might be areas of shame or fear uh, seated into that question. But the fact is, whenever I'm looking for someone else to create an environment for me to be authentic, I will always be limited. But when I begin to really value who I am and see the good inside of me, uh, I won't give that power away to somebody else. Um, I want you to love me, Katie, but I don't have the power to make you love me for me. Mm -hmm. and But to be free authentically is something I think you do more for yourself than you do for others, because then, then you're true uh, to yourself. Yeah, I agree. If you're not being authentic, I, I would be emotionally frustrated. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. living like that. And we're giving other people power in our life. It's like, okay, I have to put on a mask when I'm around Joel. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually giving Joel all this power to shape who I am and and walk out what God's called me to be and to do. And so that's kind of a, you know, kind of breaks my heart with that because um God chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Mm-hmm. And he put inside of us everything we would ever need to accomplish his purposes and his plans for our life. So if I let the opinions of others or the fear of man come in to sabotage who God's created me to be and hinder my motivation to become the best version of myself in him, then it's it's like I'm not being really faithful to God. I'm letting man control me. And, yeah. and that really puts me in bondage. So I think when we're able to just say, God, I'm going to give you my whole heart. I'm going to serve you uh, to the best of my ability. And I'm going to love who you created me to be, even though it's different than somebody else. I want to say this because I think it will kind of diminish any type of shame involved with it. But I feel like we, every single person does this to some extent. Yeah. Like in order to survive, we have to adapt. In order to be accepted, we have to adapt or even to fit into culture. And in some sense, that's okay. Like I joke with my wife, like when she's on the phone, she (laughs) becomes another person. Uh, Yes, this is Aaron Hilton. I'm calling on behalf for my husband. Well, (laughs) when she would have to call the doctor, like she has her business voice Mm -hmm. and I joke with her about that. But we kind of do this. Like I know when we were kids, I'm going to throw you under the bus, but (laughs) you'd be yelling at us. And then the Hilton residence. (laughs) (laughs) That was back in my shame-based days. (laughs) (laughs) So in some sense, we do this and I don't, I think that's okay to a certain extent, right? And I think what you said is adaptation. That's a very, very big word. And you, you that was a, a very good word to choose. And something that I do through my business is help people remove themselves from the adaptation that puts a lid upon who they are, the gift they carry, because we are designed with a purpose not to live our life out of adaptation. And so in the business world, we might have a different language and a different, we might approach things more professionally, which is what your what your wife is doing, not necessarily not become who she is, because she is very good at those things. Well, even just fashion, Right? Sure, exactly. To fit into like society. Now, there are some people that make their clothes and that's actually part of a culture too as well, right? So I think when it's not dealing with who you are as a person, it's very different. That's a good separation. But if, if you're talking about fitting in because, you know, you're in the workforce you got to do that or you're not going to have a job or, you know, maybe in this social circle, you know, like, like with a sports team, if you're going to fit in this with this crowd, you might have to like the sport or, <laughs> you know, so th- I think that there is some level of, I'm not saying being fake. I'm just saying if you, for acceptance or even um, fitting in, I think we do that all. Uh, to some certain extent. Uh, I view it as not doing it for acceptance, but for honor. 
So I'm going to honor uh, this culture or this organization, or if let's say if I would go preach in a church where they want every woman to wear a dress. Now, you know, I live in my <laughs> black leggings. I have about 25 pair of different black leggings for every occasion. Yeah. From dressy to, you know, jogging, even though I don't jog. But, um, if I was going there out of honoring them and their culture, I would not be less authentic, but I would be honoring them. You know, if I go in the business world, I'm functioning more in a or business way. Or you just way. don't go. I think, or I don't go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. the phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. If you're in another culture, if I go to a place where it's black tie, I'm expected to dress black tie. I think it's different that like, yes, you're adapting to that culture based upon the structure of the culture, but you're not lying about right. who you are. Well, that's like, why I said it's very different when yeah. we're talking about identity. Yes, exactly. Being and doing are two different things. And when you're able to separate that, you'll be, you'll be able to recognize. So that's a great question for this person to ask themselves. Right. Am I adapting to do or to fit in in this aspect, or am I changing who I actually am right. to fit in? Yeah. yeah. So like, when I think of authentic, it's more about who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that might not be their definition. So really, this is a very good divide to put there to, to clarify, you know, when do we adapt? Like if you say, like... My job expects me to come on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just don't, that's not who I am. <laughs> like, okay. Like, right. You're not going to fit in that you're culture. You're not going to fire you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, so, when I, that's and, a and good divide. This is at least my perspective. There's probably very few relationships that you are totally free to be authentic. Like if you're walking down the street, are we being authentic with ever like like opening our hearts and sharing our hearts and like I might the, separate like authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. Well, that. the truth is sometimes we're not vulnerable because we know we're gonna get smashed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in so society. we're not vulnerable with everyone. Yeah. Hopefully we're authentic though, I would say, with people. Or I'm authentic. like you said, I know in this culture. I can't necessarily be this. So if I want to be in this environment, then I adapt. But that doesn't, doing it for that place and that purpose doesn't mean that I'm even viewing myself as less than yeah. or anything. I right. just. Right. And I think that's where you're honoring that culture. We do it when we travel to the nations all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're honoring that culture. Uh, but that's not how we're going to dress or act. And I'm or very much like wherever I am, I am, tr I am at least, I feel like I'm myself. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, me too. Um, I have friends that view things differently theologically, you know, Yeah. that I say what I think and I'm mm -hmm. not going to like sugarcoat it just because they might say, well, this guy's weird or whatever. Like, Hey, if you don't accept me for who I am, like, that's what it is. Like I went to a Yankee game in Baltimore one time with a Yankees fan. Uh -huh. And before we even got out of the parking garage, we were getting harassed because this person was dressed head to toe in Yankee gear. And I said, we're in enemy territory. Could we not have dressed so loudly for the opposing team? And she was like, 
this is my team. I will stand for my team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's confident. She's sure in it. She's like, I'm not going to let anybody influence how I want to present myself. Yeah. Um, And that comes with confidence, Mm -hmm. right? And you can be authentic, but not arrogant. Yeah. Right. Some people might view it as arrogance, but... Well, and, and I think it's how we communicate. If we, if you celebrate somebody else's opinion or somebody else's, hey, that's your theological view, I respect that, mm-hmm. then you're not being arrogant, holding fast to your authentic beliefs, you know, who you are authentically and what you true believe to be true. And and so I think when there's that mutual respect and that honor, I think that's I, I think that's healthy life exchange, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you're afraid to be authentically you in that, like, you're afraid to communicate your um, religious conviction or, you know, your belief, then I think the question here is, what are you afraid of? Yeah. Are you afraid of them rejecting you as a person because you believe differently? Are you afraid that if you're the real you, they won't like you? Like, what is the fear? Because I don't think you can face the fear until you know what it is. Are you, is it a fear of rejection, a fear of abandonment, a fear of judgment? I think a bigger issue is also, it's hard to be authentic when you're not quite sure who you are. Yeah. Like, if you're still battling battling your own identity, yeah. how can you even be real with those that you do life with? Because you're still not sure yeah. who you are. And so the more that you can discover who you are, and obviously as Christians, we find that in Christ. We right. find it first in how God views us. And, and other things, it's like God made you uniquely different. So discovering that. But you're not going to be confident if you're not even sure who you are. Right. And so maybe that's where you're at. Like, I don't feel like I can be authentic because I'm not even, or you're just so used to just fitting in wherever you're at that you haven't even discovered who you uniquely are. Mm -hmm. So if you're rehearsing a story that I'm not good enough or Mm -hmm. I'm not as valuable as someone else or my opinion is not important, Mm -hmm. you know, if we have this narrative going on in our head, it's really not our external world. It's it's what's going on on the inside of us. And that's where I think uh, you even use the word, you know, that's an inside job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we can do the inside work first and come to a security of saying, hey, I'm a work in progress. I'm not arrived. I don't even know fully who I am. I think it's going to take all eternity to know who we fully are. Yeah. There is so much God has placed inside of us that we haven't even touched. But when we can uh, just celebrate where we're at in life Uh, that's a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to arrive. I I can be with a group of people and uh, be very comfortable saying, I don't have everything all together. And that's really liberating because the fact is nobody else does either. And when you can be honest about that, it helps free them to be authentically who they are. And, you know, the word of God says the fear of man sets a snare. So when I'm afraid of the opinions of man, I have put myself in a trap. Mm -hmm. And 
So I think it goes back to that inside job, you know, inquiring of the Lord, uh, allowing God to help us rewrite or allow His story to be written over the story we are telling ourselves. Yeah, and that helps gives us courage to be able to be us. And and one thing that I love about our local church is our goal is to really create a safe atmosphere that people aren't be aren't afraid to be a work in progress. Yeah. And uh and if that is there, what happens when there isn't fear and you are able to acknowledge your work in progress and people celebrate that, you see exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not trying to be perfect, but I want to grow. And that's a beautiful place to be. And I'm not saying this from a place of like not being willing to grow and mature and stuff like that. But I'm saying this as when you know who you are and someone rejects that, well, then that's not my problem. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because this is who I am. And I'm not saying it like uh, being a jerk is who I am. And I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just saying when you are confident in who God created you to be and what he's given you and someone has an issue with that, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. When you actually know who you are, you are more confident in it and you're not moved by people's well, opinions is, and thoughts. There are still people who have a problem with women in ministry. Yep. Bless their hearts. It's not going to control me. You know, I love my life and I know there's a call on my life and I know those things. And it's liberating to know that. And if someone has a problem with that, that that's okay. You You just don't do life with them. That's right. So if they're a woman, their gifts are being stuffed inside of them. If they're a man, they are putting boundaries about their wives and daughters and everything. That's really kind of sad because God is the one that puts the gifts there. And um, so, but I don't get upset at people. I don't get angry with them. Uh, I feel bad for them because I know they're limiting uh, themselves or they're limiting women in their lives, but it doesn't have to limit me. Yeah. Back to what you said, Joel, about like, if somebody rejects you, you know that you're accepted. So if you, like, if that's the fear that you're going to be rejected, mm-hmm. then to me, then I, I go, okay, then I'm, I believing about myself that I am a rejectable person, that I am, that it's easy to reject me. Is that what I'm believing about myself? So if that's what I'm afraid, if that's why I'm afraid to be authentic with people, then asking, okay, am, is that because that's what I believe about myself? Yeah. So do I believe that I am easily rejectable? That's to me, your place of power. Because if that's what you believe about yourself, then you start really pursuing truth in that area to so say, God, what do you say about me? Go to, you know, uh, Uh, a pastor or a leader or someone that you can trust to speak truth into your life uh, and look at what the truth is that God says about you is that you are accepted in the beloved and then begin to change that self narrative. And I believe the more you change that self narrative, the more authentically you're going to be able to show up in a room with other people because, because then you're at that place where if they reject me, I know who I am and I can show up in a room and come what may, I can leave that room knowing who I am, who I am in Christ, who I am as a person. Um, And so you're going to be able to live much more freely. I think there's just so much freedom in telling the truth. Yes. Um, And so when we 
when we don't believe what's true about us, what is um, actually foundationally true about us, um, then then it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be inauthentic when we're with people because uh, we're not believing what's true about us. So that's to me, the kind of path here is identify what you're afraid of um, and then ask yourself, um, am I believing this about myself? And is that true? Not not is that what I've experienced in the past? Is that, but is it actually true about me? And then start to change that narrative. Well, how do you know that you are loved if you're not being authentic? Oh, great point. Because if you're always putting on an image of what you think people want to see, mm -hmm. do they love what you're presenting? Or do they love you for who you are? And the only way to know that is to be authentic. Yeah, right. And which takes courage, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you'll never truly know if, if you are accepted unless you are real. Well, and did you ever, were you ever like with a group of people and you're trying to have your best impression the whole time and then you it's quote tiring. unquote... <laughs> slip up oh yeah and you you feel shame and you feel mm -hmm. embarrassed okay you felt those feelings but what actually happened did someone like chuckle at you and then they just kept moving on with the conversation like was it as bad as you think it was like okay all right, I embarrassed myself. I take that as, oh my God, like I have to be better. I have to do better. I have to put on a better mask. I have to be more perfect. But what actually happened is that you were a human. You messed up. You were embarrassed because that's part of the human experience. And life moved on and no one thought less of you. No one, they, they asked you back the next time. Like, I think sometimes it's just not as bad as we think when we are authentic. It's just, we have to convince ourselves that, um, that we can, we can crack into authenticity with a group of people. So you're and really still accept. I do us. think it starts with knowing who you are. Like it's hard to be authentic if yeah. you're not quite sure who you are. I just, I guess I, I think like, even if you're pretending, unless you are really, really, really good at it, mm -hmm. parts of the real you are going to slip sure. out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people that have struggled this for years, they, they do have a system yeah. in place mm -hmm. for protection. Yeah. So basically, they're, the story that they're telling themselves, that internal narrative is what's controlling them, not really people. Yeah. It's, it's my self-view. It's this is what I believe about me. So my assumption is if I don't put on that mask, Katie's going to see it. Uh -huh. And if they see it, they will reject me. I lived there years ago. Yeah. I think I brought this up before as we were talking. It, it just was illuminated to me again. But I remember someone coming up to me and just saying we were in a meeting. And I guess I was very real and authentic. And I didn't realize, realize I was. Um, and they were like, thank you so much. You like, I don't, I'm putting words in their mouth. But you kind of inspired me to... Like to be more real, to be more authentic because you were so very real. And I didn't even think anything of it. Yeah. I was just voicing my opinion and it was take it as you will. If not, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that brought courage to them. Or it has inspired them mm -hmm. or thought, you know what? I could, I could be that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a journey. I, <laughs> sometimes yeah, well, in I the don't know how to give the uh, the pretty answer, but... <laughs> well, life isn't pretty. <laughs> um, you kind of said journey, and that's one of the other things that I wanted to say about this is authenticity is something that you have to cultivate. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a situation and you wonder why you are acting a certain way, mm-hmm. ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, why did I say that? Why did I act that way? Yeah. Well, I was afraid. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it was I was trying to impress. Mm-hmm. Or I felt like I couldn't trust this person. Okay. And then from that, as you become aware and as you begin to assess your behavior, then challenge it. And as you become more aware of it, then change it. Mm-hmm. You got to challenge it and then change it. But if you're if you're like if you go home and say you, I'm just such an idiot for acting that way. Why did I act that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. go to the reason. I was afraid, right? or I was trying to impress, or like um, I didn't know what to say. Yeah, like and so some of those things could just be as simple as like I'm going to have some things prepared to say because. Like you talk about awkward silences. I get really weird when there's an awkward (laughs) silence. So I say something really dumb. Yeah. Well, prepare some things in advance. And the more, the more comfortable you get in that authenticity, when you do that, you're going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. And Mm -hmm. so I said that and I I feel dumb about it. Like you'll just be able to continue the authenticity when that happens. You'll be like, I'm sorry I responded that way. I've got a past experience, kind of triggered me there. Let's move on. <laughs> and and people really respect that. Yeah. That is that that encourages people. Yeah. Encourage to embolden There's courage. no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. So when someone uh is secure in who they are in humility, mm-hmm. then that encourages other people. And that's what I said earlier. 99.99% of people do this. Right. So the more free you are, Mm -hmm. you're going to inspire those to, and then because we're being authentic, then trust can really be built because how can you build trust if there's not authenticity? Exactly. And so the more you do it with, and like I said, you know, I would say if you have, more than one person in your life that you can be super authentic with, you're doing great, <laughs> all right? And then start growing that. Um, as you find people that you can trust or as you step out and you feel most, more secure. And hey, in, in that meeting, I was with people that I didn't know. Yeah. I was in people that I wouldn't say that they, I would say they peers, but they were older than me. I wasn't moved by it. Yeah, because this is who I am. If you like it, if you don't, if not, I'm fine with that as well. And so, the more secure that you are, not everybody has to like you. I don't <laughs> think that's a Christian principle. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to. You should be a jerk. I'm. I'm saying that you should walk in love. But even Paul said, if 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 my goal was to please men, I mm. wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't exactly. be in the ministry. So. If you're looking for everybody to like you and to, you know, be team cheerleader or whatever, like, that's going to drive you nuts. And you said 
this is something everybody can relate to, right? Sure. And so the that's why I think there is such a cry in the world today, not just in the church, but in the world to see authenticity. Mm-hmm. They are looking for authentic leaders. They are looking for people who are just real, open, and honest, and genuine. And and I believe they're looking for that because they want to experience the ability to trust. Well, didn't you tell me about someone that you encountered the other week, and they were just so impressed how they they received freedom because you were so real? Yeah, about being honest that I've not arrived. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a training I've been doing for many, many, many years and say, listen, I've been doing this for 30-some years and I want you to know... I haven't arrived on this and we're all growing. And in the church world, that can be different because difficult because you see uh, someone up on stage and they present like they have it all figured out. That's right. And Uh, that's what they've been used to seeing is people, you know, that are in those platform positions acting and responding and not that they're not secure. They might just be confident and somebody's Mm -hmm. reading it wrong. Mm -hmm. So we're not judging any person, but, but they're not being outwardly open about maybe their battles or journey, their trials, their, you know, the things they've gone through. But I've just learned to be really real about that, not because I want to expose all my past, but I want other people to know, hey, you know, this is a part of life's journey and it gives them courage. And then they feel so um, they feel so comfortable taking risk in my class because we d- we just dismantled that fear and that desire to be perfect or feel like I have to be perfect or what if I make a mistake? Because uh, I said sometimes our greatest learning mistakes, mis- our greatest learning experiences are making mistakes. So it's just when when you do those things, if we can minimize the power of being imperfect and minimize the power of making a mistake or whatever, if we can say this can be our greatest opportunity, it it brings courage to people. And that's authentic. And, and so sometimes um, when we try to put on a good front, it hinders our ability to really be authentic. And I don't yeah. know who asked this question, but I would encourage the person who did, find people that are authentic. Mm-hmm. And glean from them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you are fearful, you might have a group of fearful friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so find people that are brave and mm-hmm. bold. And guess what? You start hanging around them, it's just going to rub off. Mm-hmm. And so finding, I'm not saying ditch your friends. I'm just saying <laughs> like find people in your life, s- seek out people that are you feel are authentic and just watch how they behave yeah. and glean from that. And sometimes it, it might just be mimicking at first, but until you get the hang of it, like it's kind of like if you're in a pity party and you're always hanging around people that are in a pity party, you're never going to get out of the pity party. So I would just encourage you to find people that are, you feel are, are authentic or are bold or um, are confident in who they are and just glean from them. Exactly. I think that's so good. 
because someone has to model the way, so why not you? You mm-hmm. know, that you don't have to be controlled by uh, those around you, but just start living that way and that'll bring like if you, freedom to if others. If you start hanging around business owners, I bet you in about a month or two, you're like, I could start this business. <laughs> Well, why is that? Because you're hanging around people talking about it, doing it, yeah. mm-hmm. living their life through that that lens, yeah, right? That's so true. That's true. That's just a, even in a practical sense, yeah. but it could be in an emotional sense. Mm-hmm. Like, find those that are confident, hang around them. And the people who are the most confident will be your biggest cheerleaders because they're not in competition with you. They're going to find everything good they can find inside of you. And they'll champion you. They won't just model the way, but but they will be desirous to invest into you because they're going to want you to have the same freedom they're experiencing. So you hang around people that are modeling what you desire and that's exciting for those people who model it because they want you to have it too. Sounds like you. Yeah, it does. I'd like to do that. I know. I was like, <laughs> who else in the world does that? I was just wondering. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm sure there's a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just, I just have a small <laughs> slice of the world. But I do, like, I do agree. Like, I think it's fun when you're with someone and you're used to seeing them kind of in this, like, I don't know. Everything's polished and like mm-hmm. they're only they're presenting in one way, and then you start to see bits of their authentic self, and you're like, "Huh, that's interesting," <laughs> or "I really like that side of you," or um, like your sense of humor is coming out, your likes are coming out, your creativity is coming out. And I think everybody likes to see that. Yeah, it, it it bonds you to a person when you're like, "Oh, okay, I." I appreciate the the diversity that they have or like that their interests are unique or I mean I have a friend I'm really close with and she is into some weird like she'll like spend an hour just researching some of the most minute detail and I could care less about that but I love that she is fascinated by it Mm -hmm. and so it's just the more real that you are it's it doesn't matter if you're the same because you're real and that's what really i think down to a human level i think that's what kind of attracts us and bonds us to each other is that we can sense authenticity really that's that's what life exchange is all about it's not conformity it's celebrating what's so unique about each one and when we all come together it we are all celebrated and there's not comparison and we can accomplish so much more. I mean, if you take it back to the garden, they were created and they were fully known. They were completely uncovered. Yeah. And I think in the core of humanity, that's the way we're created to be is to be completely uncovered, not physically, but uncovered to be completely authentic with one another. And instead we, you know, because of all the things uh, we cover, but if we, just continually journey on where that's the way we're created to be is to just be fully real with each other. My oldest son and I, we watch this show. It's basically like these um, graphic art, not graphic, but digital artists. They, they look at good and uh, bad um, CGI. And so one of the things that they talk. CGI, what's that? Like, (laughs) 
like it's movies, like uh, oh, okay, like movies. Um, it's graphics. computer generated uh, yeah. image. I yeah, it shows what. how much I watch it that I can't define it for you. <laughs> but it's like the special effects in movies and okay. stuff like that. Okay. So, um, one thing that makes CGI bad is because humans are very good at recognizing what's real and not. Yeah. Even to the smallest little thing, mm. to the pores of your, like when you smile, how the pores of your skin will be stretched and all this stuff. So Aiden and I are really into like watching these things. And I don't know if that's what he'll get into at some point, but it's interesting that humans are very good at recognizing what is real and not. And if you are in relationships and people can easily recognize when you're not being real, they might feel, I can't trust this person because they're not being real. So then they put up walls because you're not being authentic. And so I would challenge you, the more real you can be, I believe it opens up a door for trust because Mm -hmm. this person is real. They're being authentic. Like, I mean, for me, a lot of times you when you get around certain people, you're like, they're putting on a show. Yeah. Or they're they're telling me what they think I want them to yeah. say. And so that doesn't bridge uh uh bridge I don't know, a door to trust or it doesn't leave space for trust because you're like, not even just trust, but I just think relationship, like just connection in general. Connection. Yeah. Who, who am I connecting with the person that you're presenting or the real? Yeah. You. Through the years I would tell somebody, Oh, I love you. And they go, they look at you like you're lying to me. How can you love me? You know? Oh, I see, I see such a beautiful gift in you. Like, how can you see a gift inside of me? And so it's like, it, it, it's one of those things that break my heart, but because, because of the battle that they're facing, I'm being authentic, but they don't trust the authenticity because they are insecure in who they are. But when healing begins to come forth, then you say, you know, I love you. And they go, yeah, I know you do. And, <laughs> and I love when, when someone, you know, you say, oh, Katie, I love you. And you, I love you too. But to, if you say, oh, I love you, and they go, I know you do, then it's like they're taking it and they're receiving it and they're absorbing it. And that builds relationship, that builds trust, and that allows them to go on a journey of discovering the beautiful treasure inside of them. That's fun. So the proper response to I love you is not I know (laughs) or uh, thanks. (laughs) Whatever. You always text me and you're like, you're always at the end, I love you. And I'm like, do we have to do this on text? Can I just give a thumbs up kind of thing? Like, I I love to say I love you. I know you do. do. (laughs) I know you do. And I, on the other hand, (laughs) like to reserve that. (laughs) See, I'm, I'm thinking authenticity like, Tell somebody like what kind of music you like, and you go straight to like, I love. I you need with to the know the deepest soul. <laughs> <laughs> but that's authentically me. Yes. <laughs> people say no, you can't do that. I hey, I've had people say I love you to me, not in like someone I don't know that well, but because they can tell that I care, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that they can just sense that it's exactly. okay to be that way. Yeah. So I get it, but. <laughs> 
Oh, people will tell me, and I have to force myself to say it. Not that it's not like I, I just, I need counseling is what I'm saying. <laughs> Some people are just more expressive than others, and you don't have to conform to the way I do it at all. Hey, I love that your one son is so dry about things. And your daughter is so expressive about things. <laughs> I love them both. They're just different. Yep. <laughs> and, and so we don't try to make the one all mushy-gushy. I'll tell you, but I'll tell you. I just need Aiden to respond when I say something. <laughs> you should I say his need... name. He won't listen to this anyway. <laughs> no. He hears me every day, so he don't need to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I just need to know that you heard what I said, Aiden. So, <laughs> yep, huh, whatever. So when he comes up and initiates a hug, that is really authentic because he does not do that obligatorily at all. And if he came in the room and he was bouncing and peppy, we'd be like, you're not being yourself. What's happening? <laughs> I think he smiled when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs> he he didn't like, hey. smile. He was... He was Excited. That's the most expressive I've ever seen him. <laughs> he is very expressive, like when it's come to like competitive things. Yeah. Well, because he's watched Dude Perfect. And oh. that's, <laughs> I, I introduced him to that and now I regret it because everything's like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, these guys, before I was irritated with Dude Perfect, but I'm like, these guys are like 40 years old. They act like children. They make tons of money. <laughs> Tons like of money. they got this thing figured out. <laughs> <laughs> They're being authentically them, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Well, <laughs> I guess. Oh I my. Hope so. Well, I, I yeah, <laughs> maybe. I guess if they do the "What's up, wife?" Wow! Like they can't be that all the time. <laughs> if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's fine. <laughs> I only watched my first Dude Perfect video like a couple months ago because. As a child showed it to me, so. Yeah, we went to their tour thing. Yeah, big fans. Your kids have the merch and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got one more question today. Um, how do I avoid the temptation to cancel cancelers? Uh, in other words, not becoming judgmental of people who are judgmental of others. This question is meta. Hmm. <laughs> well, how do I not repay evil for evil? <laughs> Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for me, my place of power is not being controlled by somebody else's negative or being judgmental or whatever it is that they're doing. Because if I do that, that's the thing that harms me. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's something called the boomerang effect, that what I say and what I do immediately boomerangs back into my own mind brain, developing memory inside of me. So if I become judgmental, that is harming me. And if somebody else is judgmental or canceling or critical or whatever it might be, um, they are, they're really hurting themselves and they're creating an internal culture that that will become a part of their nature. Mm -hmm. And um, so 
the best way not to be judgmental of those who are judgmental is just to choose what type of person you want to be and be that. Yeah. Yeah. I think nobody likes a hypocrite. So if you become the one judging mm-hmm. the judger, then you're just like them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, that's like, that's, that's a pretty good motivator is I don't want to be a hypocrite. So if, if I'm judging the one who's judging, then I'm no better than they are in this exactly. instance. My behavior just matches theirs. Yeah. I guess I would want to know what you mean by canceling cancelers. Like how extreme are we talking about? <laughs> because like you, people have gotten canceled where they can't supply for their family anymore. They lost their job, right? Are we talking about canceling in that way? Are we talking about ostracizing them from community and shaming them into submission? Is that what we're talking about? Are we talking about the ultimate canceling like a mob hit? You know, I would say oh, resist gosh. the temptation for that. Um, or are we talking about... Like a turn. Yeah. Hey, I just want to know. And even though I'm not going to get the answer, maybe I'm just uh, a processing through, through... All the options. Yeah, all the options. That's good. All the definitions of... Or are we talking about canceling in the aspect of turning the channel? Like... That's okay to do, right? Yeah. Or dropping a subscription. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like how they're doing and the things yeah. that they're saying. I'm yeah. not going to spend my money there. Exactly. You know, yeah. um, another thing is maybe unfollowing someone on Facebook. Yeah. Are we talking about canceling it out? Hey, you're free to do that. That's okay. Yeah. Actually, this it is was good stuff, Joel. <laughs> I was, uh, this might've been a year ago, but I was, I looked and I was like, I wonder who I've been, because you can still be friends with people and unfollow them. It just means that you don't see their stuff right? or see their post or whatever. So I was going through and I was going down the list. I'd be like, yeah, I'll let them on again. And then I go and I'm like, Katie Stansfield. (laughs) I'm like, when followed me. (laughs) I was like, what happened there? If I don't make the cut, I don't know who makes the cut. My mom, I think I follow my mom. No. But I was like, okay, I think I can let her back on. But I thought that was funny. I was like, when did this even happen? And I always wondered. I never see Katie's stuff online. (laughs) So I guess it depends on what we're talking about canceling. Like, do you have a personal relationship with them, right? Or is it just some joke that you heard a comedian say that you were offended with? Well, don't buy their stuff. Yeah. Don't go to their show. Don't subscribe to their YouTube channel. Like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the crazy uncle that only wears one outfit and it was the politician that he voted for? <laughs> is it that? Like, we have to, like, decide what it means to cancel. Like, if it's just the internet world. Yeah. Who cares? Like, you, there's no rela- no relationship where you spend your money. But if we're talking about people that we actually do life with, then we're going to have to navigate that a little bit differently, so right? So good. So good. So I would say, like, like I was joking, or oh, I don't know if it was joking, but I said, <laughs> are we going to repay evil for evil? Yeah. So I think that's what it comes down to. If we're looking and saying, I hate what they're doing, so I'm going to do what they're doing. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. It's it's only going to produce more destruction and more pain in the world if we keep on repaying s- slapping with more slapping. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just and actually, 
I mean, I guess we could talk about Jesus in in this podcast, but <laughs> uh, Jesus taught that us this amazing lesson that uh, that I think sometimes it's 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 hard to learn, but it's you know it's important that we do learn it, and it's a story with a woman called an adultery, right? Yeah, and and I'll just jump to the end of that because um, just for time's sake. But in John eight seven. When they kept on questioning him, so they caught a woman in adultery. They brought her, brought her before Jesus. They wanted to kill her. They wanted to stone her, and they they were basically trying to trap Jesus. Yeah. So um, they were like, "Well, what what should we do?" And so uh, this is in verse seven. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, "Let anyone who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her." Right, mm-hmm. so we're talking about canceling someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "If you're without sin, you be the first one to cast it." And we know the story; no one could throw a From stone. From the eldest to the youngest. Yeah, and then this is in verse ten through eleven. Jesus straightened up and asked her, "Woman, where are they? The people that wanted to cancel her? <laughs> Has no one condemned you?" No, sir, she said, neither do I cancel you or condemn you. Jesus declared, now go and leave your life of sin. So how do you avoid the temptation to return evil for evil? You have to remember, because we often forget this sometimes, to extend the grace that you have freely received. There you go. Yeah, that's good. You have to go back and remember the love that you received, you need to extend it to others. So the so the love to the love to the degree that you've been loved. Because if we don't, this sex cycle is always gonna keep on going around and around, pain for pain, blood for blood, offense for offense. And we break that cycle by extending love, by extending grace. Now I do wanna say because I think it, it kind of gets, um, you know, um, how can I put this? Jesus released her from her judgment, but he did say, go and sin no more. Yeah. So he still judged sin. Okay. So it's kind of like this, like the world say, well, your Bible says, uh, do not judge. Well, yes, but what's the context of that? Yeah. In Matthew 7, 1 through 2, do not judge others and you will not be judged. And then they stop. But what is the whole context of it? For you will be treated as you treat others. Mm -hmm. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So let's go back to the judgment of the woman called in adultery. They wanted to stone her. Yeah. And Jesus is saying that you will be judged to the standard that you judge others. So that's also part of the context about not judging, that you will be judged to the standard that you judge others. And actually, if you look at that whole section of scripture, he was also dealing with hypocrisy, mm-hmm. right? Because Matthew 7, 5, hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Yeah. then you will see well enough to deal. So he's not saying that you shouldn't rightly judge. 
He says, you need to deal with your own issue before you attach yourself or try to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. So this world, the world uses this verse. Well, you should not judge. Well, that's not what the context of it. Jesus is saying, you deal with what's in your heart. You deal with what's in your eyes so that you can rightly deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, like with, with, with Jesus, he released her of judgment, but he also judged sin. Yeah. Sin no more. And I think that's that needs to be the standard that we judge. We judge sin. And it's hard because a lot of times when you sin, you identify your sin with who you are. That's where it becomes difficult. Mm-hmm. But if we are just judging sin, that should be a heart. And to release from judgment, the sinner. Yeah. Because we have freely received, we freely give. Yeah, I think like you're saying, like sometimes we think if we change our attitude towards a person that we're condoning it or yeah. that we're permitting it, mm-hmm. um, where that's not that's not always the case. I mm-hmm. think something that I've been challenged in is where the Bible says to pray for your enemies, yeah, um, to bless those who curse you, mm-hmm. um, and to um, bless those who despitefully use you, uh, and what that's just so contrary to our, to our, our world to do that. But what happens when we pray for the one, the canceler, when we pray for the, the one who is placing judgment, um, it actually releases our own judgment of them as a person. Mm -hmm. um, And it allows us um, to see God's heart for that person, not condoning their action. It's walking like Jesus did in that scenario where he said, um, I don't judge you go and live a different way. And so it's that way of releasing my judgment of that person, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but still seeing the action as wrong. Um, and so I don't think we can easily do that on our own. I think that requires uh, the Holy Spirit. So praying for um, our enemies, uh, blessing, you know, seeking the heart of God for that person. Because really when you pray for someone, it bonds your heart to them. And so it it then it's going to change your perspective on how you see them. So if your struggle is um, this, per, I, I this person is their actions are harmful. How how do I not act? How do I not do something? How do I not say something? Um, yeah. Pray for them, and I think the Holy Spirit will give you the way to respond or not respond. Actually, pray for them, like not pray, God change yeah, them yeah, or yes. bring judgment upon yes. Pray for them. Yes. Pray for life. Pray for freedom. Yeah. Pray for blessing. Pray for illumination. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what's happening inside of you when you do that? When you uh, separate who the person is in God, believe uh, because the fact is God created all of humanity, right? And so uh, he's woven into our humanity. When we can love a person and uh, hate the action, when we are doing those things, it changes us on the inside. Yeah. And we become a partaker of his divine nature mm-hmm. and what that does for us. And so we are liberated 
not judging another. Mm-hmm. It it empowers us. We live in a greater level of peace. We live in a greater level of joy. And we are able then to become uh, that one that can be a living epistle read of all men. Yeah, We can begin to model something different. And, and in that whole process, we are honoring our God. We're honoring our creator and we're honoring their creator. Yeah. So how do you like judge judge the action without judging the person. Well, I would say, you know, let, let's say you're dealing with someone that is very judgmental, mm-hmm. all for love and acceptance, because they're probably responding how people have responded to them. And I'm not saying it always changes everything because people have choice. Right. But if you can be the light, I've seen it over and over again, just being in a new environment of love and acceptance have changed. I've seen people's behaviors change very quickly without even addressing directly the situation. It's just being in the environment of, Hey, there's a better way to live. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a better way or there's more freedom in walking in light than walking in darkness. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to go on the attack, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a battle. But if you love the person, I'm not saying condone what they're doing, but you be the light, you be the demonstration of what you want to see modeled in the world. Do they still have an opportunity to still walk in the things? But that's not, that's not your concern because the reason I say that is because we're not to judge man. That's God's, that's God's role. To, because we don't even know the heart of man. We mm-hmm. only look at the external. Mm-hmm. God knows the heart. So leave judging the judging a man up to God. I do think as Christians, we can rightly judge behavior. We can rightly judge sin mm-hmm. and um, the things of darkness. But Jesus said, if you're going to do it, don't be a hypocrite and have a log in your eye. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to judge, we have to do it from a pure place that's a process, right? But if we're going to do it, we can't. And sometimes it's hard to see the log in your own eye. But yeah, I go back and I'm sure I shared this story probably a couple times on the podcast, but I go back to when I was that angry man-hating woman's liberal, you know, and uh, this little old lady shows up to my apartment and I'm blowing smoke in her face and I'm cursing at her and I'm rude and disrespectful and, and, uh, and she would not respond. She said, I didn't come for any of these reasons. I just came to take you to church with me tomorrow. Well, I'm not going to any blankety-blank church. Well, I'll just be here tomorrow in case you change your mind. She was unmovable she was unshakable. She was unoffendable. Yeah. And another word I like using, she was imperturbable. That means she would not get perturbed. She, she was just at peace. She came because God spoke to her. She came uh, and saw value in me when I could not see any value in myself whatsoever. And that little old woman has left a mark in my life. I don't know her name. Uh, I guess I'll meet her in heaven someday. But the fact is, she left a mark in my life. And uh, I'll never forget how that was the beginning of a change in my life. So um, 
I think all those things happen because inside of me, I've made a decision that's the type of person I want to be. And so I bet you she led a much more peaceable life having that mindset. Yeah. So you're still liberating women, right? I want to liberate everybody. <laughs> well, you said you were a women's liber. Oh, oh yeah, So yeah, I yeah. didn't know if, <laughs> okay, I gotcha. if you're not sure if you well, want to still. Well, that was with a negative com- connotation. Oh, okay. Like men were evil and, you know, I am woman, hear me roar and, number, you know, talk about having a facade. I won't go into all that, but <laughs> I think I it does survival. go back. I'm sorry. I was the one that took us off topic and now I'm like now bringing I'm like, us you back. You make a joke and it leads to a whole explanation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I kind of started out this question with like, we can't repay evil for evil. Right. And if we're wondering why things are so dark, well, it's maybe because we're living by an eye for an eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep on taking eyes, it's going to be dark. <laughs> wow. And, and so you have to reverse, you have to reverse the cycle or break the cycle. And so is it easy? No. Do you want to repay evil? Do you want to repay canceling for canceling? Yeah, it feels good sometimes, but what's going to happen if we just keep this cycle going? Someone's got to break it. And I believe you're one that wants to do that because you're trying to resist the temptation for it. Honestly, I don't think there's... I think if you... In Hebrews 5, it talks about, and I usually use this in the prophetic, but uh, but strong meat or, you know, mm. the stuff for the mature, the food for the mature, but strong meat belongs to those who are a full age mature, who by reason of use has their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And when we practice um, separating the person from the problem and loving the sinner, this is an old term, loving the sinner and not the sin, Uh, but I don't even want to view them, you sinner. Uh, But you begin to model honoring people and valuing people. It, to do something different than that, it, it, instant conviction, you know, it's just like, you can't live with yourself. Like if I'd be, if I'd be critical of you, Katie, because I disagree on something it's like, I couldn't live with me. I just put myself into turmoil because um, I've just chosen to want, Joel's going to tease me. I've just chosen to value all humanity, whether saved or unsaved, no matter what they're doing. Um, Because if God sees value in them, that's the way I want to live my life. And that doesn't mean that I, I mean, I'm a champion to confront the things that devalue you know, dehumanize someone, but I'm not attacking a person. I'm attacking uh, what is destructive and harmful, you know? And so I think the more you practice it, the more it becomes just the way you think. You do something long enough, it becomes your automatic ways of thinking, your automatic ways of believing. And then what you believe is how you act. So it's not like you're struggling to not be critical, it's just if you are critical, I mean, it's like you'd almost have to choose to be critical because it's not your automatic way of thinking anymore. I mean, whatever muscles you develop are going to become they're, the strongest ones. That's so exactly if, right. If your muscles are judgment muscles, <laughs> then they're going to yeah. judge. But if they're love, you're going to love. 
And even when I'm around people, which kind of is this question, when I'm around people who are judgmental, um, I'm, I look at them and I say, okay, when they say something, then I bring something positive in. So instead of attacking them for being judgmental, I'm, if they say something critical about someone, I'll say something positive about that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I try to bring in not just positive to be positive, but to bring in truth, to bring in life, to bring in honoring others. And a lot of times I do it by saying, hey, they're not near what I was. And I'm so glad God was merciful to me. So I'm going to be merciful. So I'm not even correcting that person, but I'm just saying I'm going to be merciful, but it's corrected. Well, and you can usually attitude. tell when you do that is they have a pause. They're like, oh, they don't agree with me. They're not just going to mm -hmm. jump on my bandwagon. Right. It kind of like gives them pause. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting that response. And we're not attacking that person. We're just yeah. communicating our perspective. And so it's, you know, it's actually, I think uh, we have an ability to impact culture really powerfully if we can respond to everything you said, Joel, was just so good and so deep and so true that, um, man, when I've had a log in my eye, I'm certainly not going to you know, camp on pointing out your spec, right? Yeah. And I really wanted to bring balance because I, I do feel like as Christians, um, it's okay to judge. It's okay to judge sin. It's okay to judge certain situations. Well, but another word be... for judgment is discerning that which is good or evil. Yeah. The thing that honors God or doesn't honor God. So you're making a, a judgment, but not an attack. Well, making a judgment is different than being judgmental. Ex there, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So Perfect. I think there's certain sections of the church that more lean towards the more judgmental. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that there's a section of the church that just um, mm. gives license for sin. I don't agree with that. I think that there is a Christ-like balance, mm -hmm. um, and the balance is to judge in a pure way, but you do that by addressing what's inside of you first, getting the log out of your eye first, so that then you can help your friend or your brother that has a speck in, in their eye. And like I said, with Jesus, he didn't condemn her, but he still judged the sin. He says, go and change how you live. Go and live, no longer live a life of sin. And if your heart is to love that person, like I just read the story of Zacchaeus. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says, hey, I want to have dinner at your house. And the people around Jesus go, he wants He wants to eat in the house of a sinner. Like they're, they're judging Jesus in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it just says Zacchaeus came down, he gleefully welcomed him in and he repented. He changed his way of living. And it I, it doesn't always look the same. Sometimes Jesus said, hey, go and sin no more. Sometimes Jesus just loved them and their own response, <laughs> they received conviction and they changed. Well, that's what I was saying. It's like when you show a judgmental person love, they might have never experienced yeah, that. So exactly. just being a light can address things without even you addressing the particular situation. And Jesus, we've seen that in our church so many times. It's yeah. like mm -hmm. you have someone come in that is very bent in a certain way and either they leave or they start adjusting. Mm -hmm. They start, yeah. mm -hmm. um, 
growing or or maybe they just don't do it in the house, <laughs> you know, whatever it may be. No, we we really see people I'm not grow saying and I, heal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't want to give the perception like they just walk in and then you know we're all perfect, which yeah. we're not. <laughs> yeah. No. But I think one thing it's it's good to look at sin. What is sin? Is anything that harms me or harms others. So it's not you shouldn't be doing this. It's like no, that's something that's going to harm you. That's something that is destructive to you. I don't. The woman, you know, the kid was caught in adultery. Don't do this anymore because it's been so destructive to you. It has so been so devaluing to your to the beauty that you hold and to the gift that you are. Just don't do this anymore because it's so harmful to you. And that's really what sin is. Any sin is destructive to me. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they were trying, this is Joel's sermon, they were trying to meet a need that they didn't even have. Based when, on a lie. Based upon a lie. And then when they did think that when they sinned, it hurt them. And God never changed. He still came in the cool. And he goes, where are you guys? He knew where they were, where they were but he came like he always did. You know, he didn't come down and bash them and, and all this stuff. No, um, but sin is just the thing that if I walk in it, it hurts and harms me and others. And that's when we can look at sin from that perspective, we are truly separating uh, what a person does from who they are. And our heart actually aches for them because we recognize that what they're doing is hurting them. Yeah, like I said, I, I I just think a lot of times truth is is in between the two extremes, mm. yeah. um, from either being super judgmental or just validating sin and in people's life, and like you said, it brings destruction. Mm -hmm. So I think a church has to be able to navigate how to judge a circumstance, judge a situation and do it in love because that's what's going to bring freedom. Yes. And whether people accept it or not, that's, like I said, God God is the one who judges the heart of men. Mm -hmm. You know, but I do, I think we need the balance of, the church can't be afraid to judge uh, situations or we're just going to, we're not going to have any effect in this mm -hmm. world. Yeah. We're not going to be a voice. We're not going to be a light. Um, I think we need to do it like Christ did. Um, I think we need to do it in love. I think we need to do it without hypocrisy. And so it starts with us first. But um, I, I do feel like in, in at least in in our society, it's kind of like the church shouldn't judge at all. Well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. We just have to do it rightly and purely. I mean, Jesus judged the Pharisees more than he judged. Yeah. Well, <laughs> judging in-house, in right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was some good stuff, Joel. It was some good stuff that you said. It was some good stuff you said, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Life exchange. The culture of validation. <laughs> Case in point, people. <laughs> well, right. that awkward silence knows that. Oh, We're I done. forgot. Words, words is, is done. done. No, words is done. <laughs> As always, please share our stuff when we put, you know, I, I put time into those things. So if you want to uh, validate uh, yeah. 
my hard work. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're not subscribed, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed, just go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't cost your soul. Doesn't cost you any money. <laughs> just, but it helps us out. So just hit the subscribe button before you go. Yes, listen to it. Send it people who need to listen to it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just share it generally on your socials. What's that scripture? Treasures in heaven. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got today. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.